You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. I hope you're ready for the word tonight because I'm ready to dish it out, praise God. This message tonight I'm going to minister to you. It's called Disarming Your Fears. And the reason why I'm preaching this is because we've been in quarantine now for two months. And now some of the restrictions are being lifted. And a lot of people are are still struggling with fear and there's gonna even people watch me tonight many of you uh, you're in fear you don't feel comfortable to go out in the crowd you don't feel comfortable to do that so as they pull these restrictions there's gonna be this this thing going on inside of well I don't know if I feel comfortable about being in a large crowd or I don't know if I feel comfortable about shaking hands and all that stuff and understand something this is a device of the devil God wants you completely free from fear. Fear will eliminate the blessings of God in your life. And so I believe personally that one of the reasons why we're seeing this fear in our culture right now more than we've ever seen before is because we're moving towards end times. I mean, Jesus is coming pretty soon here. And you remember Jesus said this. He said in the last days, that men's hearts would fail because of fear. You say, why would he be so caught up in fear? Because faith won't work when there's fear. Jesus himself said, when I return to the earth, will I find faith? Well, you're not going to find much faith if you have a lot of fear. And please listen to what I'm about ready to say. This is very important you hear this. You can't get rid of fear through medication. You can't get rid of fear by avoiding it. The only way that you can get rid of fear is by faith. You hear what I said? You know, a lot of people say, well, I just will be, I'll be, I won't be around what I'm afraid of. There's still fear there. The only way to get rid of it is with faith. And that's what I want to do tonight is build up your faith. I don't want, as they begin to loose these restrictions, I don't want anyone walking around in fear because that opens us up to disease it opens us up to all kinds of stuff it gives power to the devil and we want to make sure that we are not subject to it like the world is because in these last days we are to be a light unto the world not darkness but light blessing and i believe god's going to do that for you so let's go to our text i want to read you a text out of second kings it's about elijah the prophet and it's about a woman that took care of him. And uh, let's read it. It says, Now it happened that one day that Elisha went to Shimon, where there was a notable woman, and she pers- persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by. Say as often as he passed by. What you see, he was doing this on a regular basis. He would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make us a small upper room in the wall and and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so that he will, will be, whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Now I want you to see this. Here's the story prophet of God comes by this woman senses he's a man of God invites him to dinner but he's coming and she won't let him pass by in other words I want that anointing to be around when he's here I want to give it a place in my life listen to me carefully many of us here 
need to make room for our miracle. She was making room for the miracle because she knew the anointing of God was what she needed. And so she talked to her husband and he came by and he would stay with them. And so she, the, the anointing was abiding there. Well, when you bless a prophet, you get blessed by the prophet. And so the prophet found out what she didn't have. And what she didn't have as a child and her husband was too old. So she tells the woman, she said, this time next year, you're going to have a child. And she kind of flips out, says, don't tell me a lie. Don't be kidding now, which indicates to me that she had a great disappointment in the, in the past. And I know as a minister of this, that many of you women, you've miscarried, maybe you've miscarried three times and you still desire a child. I don't know this woman's past, but I do know this, that she was afraid to get her hopes up to receive a child again. So when the prophet told her that, she said, hey, don't tell me unless it's true. And so she had to step through that fear of being disappointed again. And so in the story, <clears throat> excuse me, it is so powerful because she gets pregnant, has a child, the child grows up and dies in the field. And so here's a woman who had to step through fear, the fear of believing again for something that she had been disappointed in. And then a fear of losing what she had in getting it back. And she stood in faith, and you know the story where the prophet comes and puts his staff on her and breathes on the child and the child comes to life. And so it's a story where this woman overcomes fear. The fear of going at it again, even though I failed at it many, many, many times. Many of you here, as I preach this message tonight, you've attempted certain things, you've believed for certain things, and you failed. And, and some of you have said basically, well, you know, I, I just can't, I can't experience that disappointment again. So I'm just going to set it aside and not do it. I'm saying God wants you to believe God. Don't let the fear of failure stop you from going for your dreams. Shoot high. Believe God for your dreams once again. Don't hold back at all. Go for it with all your heart. And God will bless you in a supernatural, powerful way. And a lot of you, you've believed and God's blessed you, but you've had this fear gnawing on you. Am I going to lose it? Am I going to lose my marriage? Am I going to lose this business I started? Am I going to lose this? And that's been, and see, the, de the devil uses fear for two, two reasons. To keep us from believing God. And secondly, to give him an avenue to come into our life and steal what God gives us. Fear is the tool in which he does both of those things. It was the fear of Job that caused the open door to open up and Satan to come into his life and attack his children and his wealth. He was afraid his children would curse, curse God and was continually acting on that fear. It opened a door. Listen, tonight, there's so many things to fear about, but faith can drive out the fear. And God didn't give you a measure of fear. He gave you a measure of fear or faith so that you could drive out all the fear in your life and have the power of God ministering to you in a supernatural, powerful way. I don't want you to have any place for fear in your life. And I know I've been saying this for quite a while now that there's no fear here. 
I want you to keep saying it and keep acting on the word. And you're going to find as we look through the scriptures, more and more, more ways to do this. Now, let, let me give you a little bit of understanding to this. Every time a mountain is not moved, every time a promise is not received, obtained, when a person's in faith is because of one thing, doubt. The substance, now write this down, the substance of doubt is fear. All doubt has a substance of fear to it. If you get rid of the fear, you get rid of the doubt. To give an example, when Peter stepped out on the water and he's walking on the water, he was doing great until he looked at the storm. And as he looked at the storm, he began to doubt. And as he began to doubt, what was he afraid of? He was afraid he would drown. And out of his own mouth, he reveals that. When he begins to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. He wasn't talking about salvation. He was talking about drowning. So doubt is always the substance of it is fear. So if you attack the fear, you get rid of the doubt, and then your faith will work every time. If you doubt not in your heart, but believe the words you say, you shall have whatever you say. Woo! I don't know about you, but I just preach myself happy just with that truth. And so th this is something that we need to understand that doubt, it's the substance of it, is in fact fear. It's fear. It's fear. And I don't know about you, but when you read in the Bible and you find all these stories of people who believe God and people that wavered on this and wavered on that, you always find the same thing. There's, whenever they start to doubt, there is fear in that doubt. I recall the story of Jairus. A synagogue leader went to Jesus and asked him to come lay his hands on his daughter and she'd be, re recover. So Jesus gets up and he goes with him. And on the way there, his friends come and say, don't bother the master anymore, your daughter has died. At that moment, Jesus says to him, be not afraid, only believe. Now, what was he tempted with right then? The doubt, the doubt of never being able to talk to his daughter again. The fear that was associated, well, I'll never be able to dance with her when she gets married. I'll never be able to enjoy a meal, meal with her again and, and be with her. Now it'll just be me and mom and my daughter won't be there. It was the fear of all that when he heard that statement. And Jesus said, only believe. Because belief is the only way you're going to drive out that fear. And maybe you got fear hitting you right and left. Boy, are we going to lose the house? Boy, you know, I've had a cough lately. Maybe I got the virus. You know, I, what if this happens to this or this or that? And it's fear. Faith is so much more powerful. It'll drive out the fear and open the door in your life for great blessings. But you got to get rid of the fear in your life. You can't say, well, you know, I'm just concerned. No, you're, you're afraid. And fear opens the door to the enemy. Faith shuts it. Faith releases the power of God and fear releases the power of Satan, demonic powers in your life. You'll always find whenever there is an increase of demonic activity, there's an increase of fear. This whole thing around the world right now is an increase of demonic power. But the good news is this, for the church, 
it's going to be an increase of faith. Some of you are going to start to have faith at a level you've never had before. And testimony is going to come out of this, how God opened this door and did that and blessed us. It's going to come if you stay in faith. The blessing will overtake you and it will seize the day. Now, let me show you some examples of this. Look in Luke chapter 18, verse 37. This is a man who, his name is Barnabas. He's a blind man. And in the story, it says, so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now, what I want you to see from that statement is Barnabas, the blind man, is there. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. He can't see it, but he hears it. So in the story, he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that the crowd warned him or threatened him. Now, it's one thing to be threatened when you have your eyes open and you're facing a bully or whatever. It's another thing to be threatened and you're blind. You can't see the punch coming. This blind man, Barnabas, had to overcome his fear to get the attention of Jesus. But as soon as they started to threaten him, he just turned it up more, cried out more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that Jesus stood still. I don't know if you understand how powerful this is. Joshua in the Old Testament one time spoke to the sun and commanded it to stand still so that he could win the battle that day and the sun didn't go down. That's how powerful. But that was the S-U-N. Barnabas cried out and caused the S-O-N, the Son of God, to stand still and to call him unto himself. And he went and we know the story where Jesus heals him. But I want you to see something. He had to overcome the fear of what would happen if he persisted in his faith. I don't know if this is the way you are, but this is something I learned from the very beginning. You cannot do the will of God if you're afraid of fear. If you, if you try to avoid fear, you'll never be able to do the will of God. If you don't take on challenges and say, forget about what could happen, you'll never do the will of God. And I see this oftentimes with preachers. They preach this lukewarm message. Why did they preach a lukewarm message? Why don't they preach truth? The Bible says people are saved when you preach to them the truth of God in love. It doesn't say people are saved when you preach a lukewarm message. But why do they do that? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of what the board will say. They're afraid that people in the church will get offended. They're afraid people will leave the church. They're afraid so they don't preach the truth. And so the only people that get come to the church are people that just are hearing their word, but they're not, a lot of them are not even saved. You've got to preach truth. Don't allow fear to intimidate you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can walk tall. You can walk tall in God. God's inside of us. Just speak his truth in love. But don't hold back. Preach it. I think about all the people that could have been saved. If we just would have had the courage to step through our fear and shared Jesus Christ with them. And told them, listen, I love you, but if you reject Christ, you reject the only way to salvation.
and your good works won't save you. People don't go to heaven because they do good works. They go to heaven because they believe on Jesus. But if you don't, you're going to be separated from God forever, the lake of fire. If people would just share that with people, more people would come to Jesus. But because of fear, I don't want to offend anybody. And we have a whole culture that's like that. Don't say something that'll offend somebody. Don't want to offend the homosexual. Don't want to offend the lesbian. Don't want to offend the person smoking pot. Don't want to offend the person taking drugs. If it's killing the person, we need to tell them the truth. The answer to your problem is Jesus Christ. And But again, because of fears, we're in a culture of fear people are not walking in what God has for them. But we step out of it, I'll tell you what, God's going to bless you in a great way. It's like the message on divine healing. A lot of people just don't have the courage to preach it. Ah, I don't want to preach it because so-and-so they believed and their daughter died or their son died, so they don't preach it because they're, again, afraid someone would get offended. Do you know how many people I've preached to that didn't accept Christ? But that doesn't mean I quit preaching it. I still keep preaching it. Say amen. Now, look at this next verse. Mark chapter 6, verse 48. This is the story of Peter when he walks on the water. And the story was, Jesus had just fed the multitude, and he sent the disciples to the other side. Now, this is interesting. Usually, Jesus is with them in the boat. But this time is different. Instead of him being in the boat, he's at shore, and he's praying. He says, I want you to go to the other side. And so I don't know what they were thinking Jesus was going to do, but they went ahead and did what he said. And so he's not in the boat like he usually is. Remember when he was in the boat and the storm kicked up, and they just woke him up, Lord, don't you care? And Jesus rescued. But now they're all alone. They're in the boat, and they're over there, and their storm breaks out. Well, Jesus comes down, starts walking on the water. And the Bible says, this is the verse I want you to read, that he saw them straining at the rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, that's three to six, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. I want you to understand what I'm about ready to say. The Lord Jesus will pass you by if you don't use your faith. He's there to minister to you, but he'll pass you by. He needs your faith. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are loyal towards him. If you don't use faith, even though he wants to help you, he can't help you. Jesus was about ready to pass him by. And what's crazy about it is you know what he was doing? Jesus was walking on their fears. The very fears that they would drown, the very fears that their ship would sink, he was walking on the very thing that they were afraid of. And there was one man on that boat that had faith, and that was Peter. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. And Jesus said, come. And then Peter began to walk on his fear. And when he began to walk on his fear, because you don't jump out of a boat and start walking on the water in the middle of a storm. That's crazy. But he wasn't afraid of what he was afraid of. He was in faith. And he began to walk towards Jesus. Now we know he began to sink, but praise God. I don't know too many people that have walked at all on the water. 
but he did to prove to us that you can overcome your fears and walk on the very circumstances that the fear is creating in your life. The fear of dying early, the fear of, you know, dying in a car wreck, the fear of not having children. That's prophetic. Someone needs to hear that right now. The fear of not having children and the fear of never getting married is demonic. Your faith can walk on that and God can revive you and and bring you that love mate in your life and and bring you the blessing in your life. But you got to have faith. You can't withdraw from it. Press into it so that God can bless you in a great way. You know, as you preach these kind of things, what goes off in my heart is there's so much peace when there's no fear. That's why it's the peace that passes all understanding. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. Because when there's no fear... You know you're in the hand of God and God is going to hold on to you and take care of you. But remember, he will pass you by if you're in fear. But if you reach out in faith, he will help you. He will pick you up and he will help you through the situations in your life. You know, what I want to do right now is I want to show you something in the word that I think will help you to release this faith because you have to be able to act on your faith to get rid of the fear in your life. Let me say that again. You need to be able to act on your faith to get rid of the fear in your life. Years ago, I heard an illustration. I've preached it many times since then, but it's a great illustration. And it shows the difference between works and faith, how they work together. And in the story, it was a man. He would take people from one side of the river to the other side and this boat and he had two uh, oars and on one oar it said faith on the other oar it said works well he was in the boat pulling the people over to the other side and a young boy was in the boat and said what does it mean faith on one oar and fear on the other and so he stopped in the middle of the river and he says Here's what it means. He says, when you just use faith, and he went like this, and the boat began to go around in a circle. He says, you don't go anywhere. And then he stopped. He says, when you just use works, you're just going around a circle too. But he says, when you use faith and works, you're going to get to the destination in your life. I've never forgot that. That whatever breakthrough you need in your life, you want to be free from fear, you got to not only believe, you got to put some action to it. If you're trying to avoid everything you're afraid of, there's no action. Well, I'm not afraid. Yeah, but you're avoiding it. You are afraid. You need some action to your faith to drive out that fear. Let me give you an example of this when it comes to salvation. We all say, well, it's God's will everybody be saved, and so we need to pray for salvation. So we pray, oh, Jesus, save so-and-so. Oh, Jesus, save so-and-so. No one's going to get saved without actions. Someone's got to take the works with faith and share it with the person that you're praying for. If you don't tell them the truth, they can never get saved. 
they ain't gonna just get it. And I think that's the problem with this comfort uh, gospel that we preach. Comfort is not gonna get people saved. Truth is gonna get people saved. People don't get saved because, oh, I feel comfortable going to the church or whatever. You know, they don't upset me one of them. They don't get saved because of that. They can be saved because they hear the truth and they're convicted by the Holy Spirit that they need to give their life to Christ and they're drawn to that and they make a decision. That's the only way you're going to get someone saved. They're not going to get saved because you pray for them. They're going to get saved because you ask in faith and you share with them what they need to do for the life. And this is true with every area in your life that you're dealing with. If you want to get, the, get rid of the fear in your marriage, you're going, to have to do, you're going to have to do more and say, hey, there's no fear here. You're going to have to put some action to it. Now, men, listen to me carefully. You're going to be the head of the house. You're going to have to have faith with actions. Just saying you're the head of the house won't do it. You're going to have to step through your fears Take on challenges. Speak to people that may not respond to you the way they, that you want them to. But if you do that, you drive out the fear. Women, same way. If you want to be something more than a doormat and be intimidated by your husband, you've got to be bold enough to, say, to submit to them the way Jesus says. And that isn't to be a doormat. You have all the right in the world to speak the truth that you believe. If you believe the way your husband's actions weird, then tell him, but I'm afraid he'll get upset. That's, you just said it, I'm afraid. Faith drives out the fear. You gotta act on it to make it happen. Disciplining kids the same way. I'm afraid if I spank them, they won't love me and they'll leave me and all that. Spank them in faith. The Bible said if you don't train them up in the way that they should go, they're going to become rebellious. So there has to be more than just a belief. There has to be an action. You believe in prosperity. There needs to be a belief, but there needs to be action. If you never put anything in the offering bucket, if you never do your work it's under the Lord, then how can you expect your faith to drive out that fear? The bottom line is you're afraid. That's why you don't do what you do. But if we can drive it out, think about what God can do in your life. There's just a supernatural power that is displayed in that. I'll give you an example of it in Scripture. You remember the tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, it says, was a man that was of, of a little stature. In other words, he wasn't a real tall person. He was kind of a short person. And the Bible said that he heard about Jesus passing by, and so he climbs up into a tree to see Jesus. Now, this is significant because I'm sure that he had to deal with the fear of what are people going to say, I'm climbing up in a tree. You know, but he overcame it. And you know what's beautiful about the tree? It's symbolic of the cross. If you go to the cross, God will notice you. If you go to the cross, God will invite you to dinner. If you go to the cross, he will have fellowship with you. But you got to step through your fear. You know why a lot of people never get saved? They're afraid of what their friends will say. They're afraid they'll look like sissies. They're afraid that people say, well, you must need a crutch in your life. It's all fear based. There is no person without Jesus 
that doesn't have an underlining current of fear that controls his life. Satan loves fear. It's the way he controls this world system. Greed it operates from fear. The love of money operates from fear. You hoard up. You're afraid if you don't have this much, you'll be insecure. You're afraid if you don't have this much, you won't be recognized. You won't be anybody. It's all fear-based. We are not fear-based. We're Jesus-based. And we follow Jesus because of his love towards us. Not because we're afraid. Because he loved us. And he died for us 2,000 years ago. Something that I think you should always remember is that what created fear was sin itself. When there was no sin in the world, there was no fear. But as soon as man sinned, it created fear. And man hid in the bush. He was afraid. Because sin creates fear. But the good news, Jesus Christ came and he died on that cross and the Bible said that God has forgiven us of all of our sins, past, present, and future. They're all forgiven. All forgiven. One of my favorite verses in Romans 8, 1, it says, Now, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You know what condemnation means in that verse? It means this. It means... Condemnation is the sentencing that a judge will do after a person is found guilty. All of that, it says, it says that for the believer, it's all removed now. Not at the judgment seat of Christ. Not at the great white throne judgment. It's removed now. Right now. That means there is no fear of punishment because of our sins. The only way to get rid of fear is by accepting Jesus Christ. Because when God forgives you of all those sins, the enemy no longer has a place to defeat us, to put us down, to put us under, and to destroy us in our lives. I love the truth, and I know when I, before I knew Jesus, I was controlled by this fear and that fear. And you see it in the world. People dress this way. Uh, women dress loosely, whatever, because they don't, they're afraid of being rejected. Men act certain ways because they're afraid they won't look macho. It's all controlled by fear. But when you come to Christ, that's gone because you know you've been forgiven of all your sins, past, present, in future. You know, there's a verse, and you can write this down in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. And it's a verse that shows us as a believers, we have to face the giants in our lives. We can't run from it, we can't avoid it. We've got to face the giants in our lives. That verse I just gave you is what David said before he was king when he was just a young boy and he took on Goliath remember he told his brothers you know I'll kill this Philistine whatever and they brought him before the king and the king says you know what are you saying all this and you know what David said to him here's a young man he tells the king King Saul who's taller than him is a big man he tells him he says 
don't 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 let any of your men have any worries or fear at all i will fight this philistine and kill him in other words he faced the giant and he's telling the king hey guys don't be afraid i'll handle it and we know the story he became one of the greatest kings of israel why because he had faith and the faith would not settle for any of that stuff you know what i've noticed is that in the church we think we're not in fear just because we're avoiding something that we're afraid of well i'm not afraid of flying but you don't fly i'm not afraid of swimming but you never go in the water you know pastor when i was younger i almost drowned okay so you're still afraid then oh no i'm not afraid well how come you won't go in the water well i'm afraid it's fear, it's fear, it's fear. And that fear will cripple you. You've got to step through that and say, I'm going to believe God, what God's word says. No one will befall me or play come nigh that dwelling. And I'm going to get out there and paddle around, praise God. I'm not going to let the devil rob me of anything. You know, there's some people that never fly. They drive everywhere because they're afraid of flying. There's some of you that won't even consider getting married again because of the first bad experience you have. So well, I'm not afraid. Yes, you are. That's why you won't do it. And so you'll live the rest of your life alone and miserable simply because of that fear, even though you won't admit it. You've got to understand there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. God's removed the fear. You've got the power. But whenever we worry, get concerned, it creates sin in our lives, which creates fear. What we got to do is go back to the Word and say, what can I have in this Word? Your Word said, delight yourself in the Lord, and the Lord shall give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. The Bible said that those that know their God shall do great exploits. The mountains are meant to be removed. The giants are meant to be slain. Because Jesus said, Occupy until I come. Listen, I really want to encourage you tonight because I know it's easy to think you're not in fear, but your actions prove differently. Because things are going to open up again. Restrictions are lifted. And you're going to have opportunities to go to baseball games, stadiums. You're going to have an opportunity to shake people's hands again and hug again. Don't let the devil rob you. Because if he robs you in that area, he'll rob you in the area of witnessing to someone else. Anytime that I am afraid of something and I sense that, I immediately want to take it on. Because I don't want to give him any place in my life. The power of God works through the fearless, not those that are controlled by their fears. There's no virtue in hiding in a hole and, and missing out on God's blessings. The good life He's promised us, and we need to take it by faith. We need to seize the moment and not allow what's going on to hinder us. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you, Lord, that all these things, I know I've caused some things to surface within us that we're afraid of. And in Jesus' name, I ask that you would stir them up by faith in your word and give them the action 
to drive it out in Jesus' name. Lord, I give you praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're always going to struggle with fear. But when you get forgiven by the Lord and you're born of the Spirit, a weight lifts off you and you're not the same. And God can do that for you today. The fear of dying early, the fear of not making up, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being nobody can all be lift. All you got to do is accept Jesus. So I'd like to pray for those that are making that decision. And this is the decision that will transform your life. And, and let's pray this in faith. Say this with me to, together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for sending Jesus into this world to die for me and my sins so that I could be free and I could be forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future. And thank you, Lord, for removing the condemnation in my life, the substance of all my doubts, of all my fears. I give you praise for it. And I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and that you rose him from the dead. And from this day forward, I'm going to reign like someone who's seated in heavenly places. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll notice on our screen, if you text Jesus in the church phone number there, they will send you information that will help you get online, get connected. And we have all these connect groups right now operating in the church. You can get on Zoom. You can get in Bible studies. It's all available to you. We have mentoring programs. You can even do online. We want you to be blessed. So don't just say, well, you know, maybe that's for someone. Don't let fear do that. You know, the very first Bible study I ever went to, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was a little afraid to go to it. I didn't know anybody there. But I just felt led by the Lord to go, and I remember going, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost and His power because I stepped through fear. I didn't know anybody in the place. Knocked on the door, hey, I, you know, the church says there's a Bible study here. I, I want to come. It changed my life. Think of the blessings you could miss if you didn't use your faith. The whole ministry, my whole ministry started this way. I mean, uh, when I, the Lord called me, I said, I'll preach whenever you get an opportunity. I remember it was in a, a full gospel, or not a full gospel businessman, but it was a, a Bible study downtown Seattle, uh, real conservative. And there was 300 men there. And I remember they said, "If I want you to come up and give your testimony. I was so afraid. I forgot my name, forgot where I lived, all that stuff. And all I did is share my testimony. But I remember it was a, a big breakthrough because I stepped through my fear. And I said, I'm going to do what God told me to do, even if I'm afraid. And I've never had a problem since then preaching. Because faith will always prevail over it in your life. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.